Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that Native Americans used to eat armadillos for Thanksgiving? However, they stopped when they realized Thanksgiving hadn't been invented yet. (laughs) (laughs) For more armadillo facts, and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, or to check out our other podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We're reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters 34 through the end of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the seventh and final book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, Harry and his friends descend upon an unsuspecting Hogwarts. Like an angel of death, a shadow falls. And then the killing begins. Harry summons his dark army and Hogwarts quakes with fear. But also, Harry fumbles his way into locating and destroying another Horcrux, leaving only Nagini among the original Horcrux set, we assume. But during a late-breaking posthumous flashback, Snape memory montage, Harry learns that Snape has been a good guy all along, and that Dumbledore was, eh, kind of just okay, I guess. And that he, the infamous Harry Potter, is meant to sacrifice his own life to save all of wizardkind. Will he do it? Probably not. But let's find out. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Chapter 34, The Forest Again. Harry is trying to, to come to terms with Dumbledore having betrayed him, and now he has to die. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like contemplating his own mortality here. You know, with the countless deaths he's caused, caused this is the first time he's thought that it might be he himself who's going to die. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know what I was contemplating? Hmm. Snape, of all the people know, we know except for maybe Voldemort, would be the best at fabricating memories. He was going to in- insert a memory into Harry's head. And the memory is like, oh, well, Dumbledore actually wanted you to just quietly go and let Voldemort kill you. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That's, that is that's wow. true. You're absolutely right. That's what I was thinking. Oh, man. That would be, that's the ending this book should have had. <laughs> and he died for no reason. He, he runs into Neville, who is carrying Colin Creevy's body, which is really sad. Yeah, it, 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 that, I mean, Colin Creevy was the character who was like Harry's biggest fanboy, right? Yeah, he was the creeper. Yeah, creepy Colin Creevy. Yeah, we well, cold creepy Colin Creevy. <laughs> is he creepier now that he's dead, or is he less creepy now that he's dead? I don't know. Well, yeah. he, Colin Creevy is less creepy, but Colin Creevy's corpse is, is completely creepy now. <laughs> it's true. It's a uh, completely creepy corpse of Colin Creevy, but Colin Creevy, he's all right. <laughs> Yeah, nice. d- during this pondering, Harry realizes that Ron and Hermione were essentially Dumbledore's contingency plan in, le- in case Harry messed up. Yes. And so he's like, well, if I'm going to go die, I guess I'd better set up a contingency plan. So he makes Neville's contingency mm-hmm. plan. <laughs> yeah. I, at this point, why don't they tell everybody that Nagini is the Horcrux, right? I don't know why they're still keeping the, the, it a the, secret. The reason they kept it a secret was so that Voldemort didn't know that his secret was out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could secretly kill his secret Horcruxes. But guess- now Voldemort knows that his Horcruxes are unsecreted. So why not just broadcast it to everybody everywhere? Everyone killed the snake. Everyone in the world killed the snake. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Probably didn't have the time. Didn't have time to explain. Just had to trust that Neville would trust him if he's like, yeah, the snake has to be killed. Yeah. Well, you could have said, you could have said, Neville, tell everybody the snake has to be killed. But he didn't yeah. do that. If only Harry knew that trick that Voldemort knows where he makes everything, like, his voice go everywhere all at once. <laughs> yeah. The, the Voldacon? Yeah. The, Voldemort intercom. Voldacon. Voldacon. So, uh, yeah, he walks into the forest, and the snitch says, I hope and at the close, so he 
kisses it and says, I'm about to die, and whoop, the resurrection stone pops out. This was a super leap of logic. <laughs> do you think that, like, do you think that it, do you think that was the only f arrangement of words that would have worked? Do you think that, like, Dumbledore programmed in a wide array of like <laughs> of like passphrases just in case like yeah all, like, these all the things that Harry Potter might think I'm about to eat it uh, <laughs> 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 oh damn I'm going down you know I don't know yeah. actually it couldn't be I'm about to eat it because he could be like oh <laughs> I don't know what to do with the snitch I'm about to eat it <laughs> I'm so hungry I'm about to eat this snitch I, it seems like a pretty big stretch of, like the close means the close of Harry's life I mean, what bigger close is there for Harry it doesn't mean it. It's like it doesn't connect yeah. actually at all. No. Well, and also, did Dumbledore write that inscription on there, or was it the person who made this manufactured the snitches in the first place? What did it say? I open at the close. Oh, that's true. That could just be the brand name or something. That's true. <laughs> the snitch yeah. manufacturer. <laughs> Maybe it's completely unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Harry just assumes it's like Dumbledore's message to him. Mm-hmm. He uses the Resurrection Stone and summons his parents, Sirius and Lupin. Yeah, chatting up his family. Mm-hmm. I'm trying this, to think. This got blood? me a little bit. But not Fred Weasley. Oh. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm trying or Tonks. Yeah, just Lupin. I guess he didn't know Tonks that well. I don't know. Tonks like followed him around for an entire year and like saved his life several times, right? That doesn't mean that much to Harry. <laughs> I think it was just his parents' compatriots, but not Snape. Yeah, but not right. Snape. And not Peter Pettigrew. Right. Right, well. Who presumably is in Wizard Hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, this 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 parade of death is kind of macabre, actually. You know, mm -hmm. it's yeah. very it's very sad. Like he asks his his mom is looking at him, and like she asks her to stay close. It was as a mom, I was like, <laughs> I gotta uh, so I gotta ask, as parents uh, of children, would you encourage your child to walk gleefully to his death? I mean, not gleefully. I mean, they're, they're just like, no, it's going to be fine. You should just go die, you know? I, I just feel like... Well, I would... If I was already dead, and I knew that there was like an afterlife, oh, yeah, that it's... it was fine, and that the kid was like, probably for sacrificing themselves some noble cause, going to make it to that afterlife, then yeah, just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Do it. Jump okay. In. I was just... Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it, loser. Do it now. Come on. What are you scared of? You crying? <laughs> You're making some tears? What's that about? No. I, I, the reason I ask is because, like, if one were cynical... One might wonder if this isn't actually the Resurrection Stone, but something that Dumbledore threw together just in case Harry right. started trying to... Dumbledore, whose plan was for, Dumb for Harry to kill himself. He makes this thing that, like... Hologram. If Harry starts talking about death or something, then it pops open and, like, his parents show up. Yeah, and, and, and start telling him, yeah, go die, you know, just in case, he, just in case he's thinking about checking in at the last minute, right? If one were cynical. Yeah. I yes, one, one might think that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So why is it cracked open at the at the mark of the elder wand? That's just uh, where he where he hit it with the the sword because you you have to destroy the Horcrux. Or he whatever. didn't hit it with the sword. He he hit the other thing with the sword. This thing is not a Horcrux. It's no. a hollow. It's a it's a hollow and a Horcrux actually. This was this ring was the first Horcrux. Oh, this is from the ring. I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was both a hollow and a Horcrux. And in this case, it, yeah. Remember, there was it was from Snape's memory where. Dumbledore had tried on the, the ring and... Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He it with a sword. Well, I'm oh. glad it still worked, even if it was cracked. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's handy. This chapter was actually a pretty cool, grim march towards death. And, like, he's walking through Hogwarts and he's like, Oh, there's that classroom I liked. Oh, there's Hagrid's house. Oh, there's Ginny. Oh. Like, this is all the things that I'm leaving behind. Like, all my memories are leaving me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit like a farewell to the series. Like you, you know, you could you could you could say that J.K. Rowling wrote this as like a, a goodbye to the series in a way, sort of. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Harry Potter like walking through his like loved ones and memories and saying saying goodbye in his own way. Mm-hmm. And going back into the Forbidden Forest, which featured prominently in the very first book. That's true. Yeah, we we were talking in the previous episode about how this is sort of like Harry Potter's greatest hits. He's going to all <laughs> these different locations, and the the Forbidden Forest is where, in some ways, this all started, right? In For a him. lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that. Car's probably still in there somewhere too, oh, right? Shit, that's right. Should have just gotten that car to run Voldemort Wait, over. What side do you think the car <coughs> the picked snake. in the battle? Oh, that's a good. You know, I, based on what I've read from Stephen King, it's a Death Eater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the car has like a giant cape mask. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did they find a mask? Where are gonna fill that damn car? <laughs> it's so you don't know who it is. <laughs> oh. But they escort him, his parents escort him to Voldemort. He drops the stone and they disappear, even though they said they would be there till the end. Yeah, But was... apparently it meant until you drop the stone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until you decide to, like, you know, kiss the curb. And, and remember, Harry, don't drop the... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, Harry can't resist an opportunity to make a flashy entrance, right? I, I was thinking, like, okay, now would be the time to stab the snake, right? When you're, That's when true. you're invisible, right next to Voldemort. That's a good point, yeah. But I no, think no, no, the no. snake was still under the protective enchantment oh, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought and it was hanging out with Voldemort. It was, it was, but it was in the little magic, sparkly wizard sphere, whatever. Yeah, but still, I would expect Harry to try and stab it. Yeah. He should have. Missed opportunity, for sure. Oh, well. That's okay. Neville's on it, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Neville dies. Yeah. And he allows Voldemort to Avada Kedavra him. Yeah, I actually kind of like that uh, Voldemort doesn't waste a lot of time on this. It's not like none of this gloating or like, you know, whatever bullshit speeches. He's just like, all right, let's go. Well, probably because the other Death Theaters are like, motherfucker, like Tom, just shut your mouth and kill this kid. You've had seven years and you have not... Like, just shut up and kill him. Just <laughs> right. do it. We are yeah. tired of hearing about you and this kid. We I just don't like, need the drama. I feel like he's a dude who likes to savor his experiences of murder, you know? So, I, you know, I guess it feels a little bit out of character, but maybe he's also trying to get it over with, too. Right. Chapter 35, King's Cross. He is transferred, awoken, reborn, or something into white nothingness that turns into a sort of, like, King's Cross station-y thing. Yeah, this is... this is It gets a little, like esoteric he's like oh there, there's a place and i you know it does it, it, it begins to reveal itself as i begin to imagine it or something it's kind of like mm-hmm. it reminds me of something that uh what, like warren ellis would write you know oh yeah yeah like his promethea stuff oh that's alan moore shit it reminds me of something that alan moore right oh <laughs> right, right? yeah yeah Good. that makes sense <laughs> you're so smart <laughs> Uh, yeah, I also notably he does not need glasses in this place. That's true. Yeah, and his scar is gone. Oh uh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. He, oh. he feels for, feels his forehead and his scar is gone. So wow. Either okay. this is Harry Potter's like idealized version of himself, or he's got like some other body that he just didn't notice. He doesn't look like Harry. Potter. <laughs> it's very possible he didn't actually check to make sure it was <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, and it, there's also a creepy bloody child in his idealized version. Right. Yes, a flayed baby. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, even the it, the illustration at the top of it, he doesn't have glasses or a scar. That's right. Huh. I totally missed that. But yeah, there is a creepy flayed baby thingy there. It is unwanted, stuffed out of sight, struggling for breath. Creepy. Super creepy. And hey, Dumbledore shows up. Yeah. And then he like he lays out some to me some very wobbly logic for this whole like love and magic thing. Yeah. <laughs> I- I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I was just, I was following it because it's been a while since I've read these, and I was trying to follow. I was like, yeah, kinda. I mean, like maybe. No. <laughs> yeah, the, the the whole pattern of this whole conversation where Dumbledore explains everything that's happened, 
is like Dumbledore saying, you're not going to make me explain it. Surely you figured it out already. And Harry's like, no. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, and, and, and then what happened? Dumbledore's like, oh, you already know that. <laughs> but, but no. <laughs> but no, I don't. As the reader, I'm like, no, please do tell me what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> Yes, it was it was very very hard when I was trying to write out the summary. It, this was it was a challenge to do this, but Dumbledore says, "Surprise! You're not actually dead, but the part of Voldemort's soul that was in you is destroyed." And then he goes through this logic that, like y'all said, is a little yeah. Like I'm trying to like like I, I still don't entirely understand it. So he didn't kill Harry; he killed his own soul because he is Harry, and Harry. And he has the same protections. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, but that's my understanding, right? So, yeah, he has the, the magic love protections. Yeah, so he has the same love protections to a lesser degree as Harry, because he's made up of Harry's blood. Sure. Because he took Harry's blood right. back after the Triwizard Tournament. Right. So. But, they, but first they were bonded by soul. So, so their souls are bonded because he killed Harry's... No, he attempted to kill Harry and killed himself... Uh, and his soul attached to Harry, making Harry a Horcrux. So their souls are joined, then their bodies are joined, and then their wands were joined in the forest when the wand thing happened. Yeah. Wait, no. Are you talking about their wands that had the, that shared the phoenix feathers or whatever? Yeah. They, he said that when they were just bonded anyway. No, but he said when Voldemort attacked him there, some of Voldemort's wand power went into Harry's wand, and the, therefore the wands were the wands were then joined as well. Oh, I, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a little, a little hard to follow. It was a little hard to follow. So, did they just never wonder what the seventh Horcrux was? I think that they never knew. I think, I'm trying to remember, back in the early days when... No, what Dumbledore said was, he loves the number seven, so he probably made six of them, leaving his own souls the, the seventh. So uh, six, seven pieces. Okay, that makes uh, sense, yeah. Okay. No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he said. it makes Dumbledore sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Dumble sense? Yeah, <laughs> Dumble sense. Uh-huh. Uh, or, or, or maybe he was saying he, was going, he wanted to make a seventh one, but he died before he could or something. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know. Yes, but anyway, Dumbledore didn't tell Harry about the Hallows because he didn't want Harry to seek them like he had done. Because uh, Dumbledore was right. As soon, as soon as Harry found out about the Hallows, he was like really trying to go after those Hallows for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Dumbledore is pushing pretty hard home the whole theme of like power, you know, those who seek power are least suited to have it or something like that. Yeah. Um, Harry was a descendant of the third Peveril brother, so he does have the magic cloak. Mm-hmm. He does have a special magic bloodline. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That blood, it's all about blood. Mm-hmm. And he tells them about how he and Grindelwald fought about the Hallows. I don't know. And somehow he leaves out the, any of the thing about how he was in love with Grindelwald. It's really weird how that, he it's never not. mentions that ever. It's yeah, almost in, like in later on, J.K. Rowling went back and tried to shove that in. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about weird. that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, so, Harry chooses to go back. I just don't have a lot to say about this chapter. It was really... Yeah, it's covering a lot of weird. ground we already kind of knew about. Yeah, it, it's this is to me. This felt like another one of those info dump chapters. Like we had the Snape one, where yeah. it was like, okay, here's all the stuff that here here we're filling in all the gaps, and that's the same thing, right? Yeah. So um, it it's it feels like it's another wrap up the story because we're about to end the book or the, right. end the series mm-hmm. chapter, you know. But meanwhile, Dumbledore redeems himself because he wasn't actually setting Harry up to die the way Snape thought he had. Right. Because he, 
because he knew oh, that this would happen. Dumbledore is saying right now, sure. or this figment of Harry's imagination in his oxygen-deprived dying brain True. thinks Dumbledore would say. Right. Mm-hmm. Is this Dumbledore? Is this Harry's imagination of Dumbledore? It's hard to say. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. When Sirius died, remember Harry had that conversation with nearly headless Nick about wizards, when they die, they have the option about whether or not to go on or to remain as ghosts. So I had been wondering if that was kind of a thing, like if Harry was going to decide to go on, but then he comes back, so is he like a ghost? Or is this just like Harry Potter's more special than li- literally every other living wizard ever? I, th- I think that it's the, the product of this like mythic proportion comedy of errors that Voldemort's committed uh, that, that Harry survived it, I think. Yeah. Um, Man, he mismanaged the hell out of that. I know, seriously. Like, <laughs> Vol- this is all Voldemort's fault from like point A to point C, wherever we are now. Yeah. yeah. Because he doesn't understand love. That's right. He should have listened to Dumbledore when Dumbledore was telling him that love is <laughs> love is the answer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Either way, Harry decides to be the boy who lived again, and Voldemort's going to be real annoyed about that. I bet he is. Yep. Yeah. Harry decides to go back. Chapter thirty-six: The flaw in the plan. He awakens whatever, back in the Forbidden Forest. Uh, Narcissa Malfoy, Draco's mom, is sent to ascertain that he's dead. Uh, she realizes he's not dead, but she asks, is Draco still alive? Is he in the castle? And he, t- he indicates yes. So speaking of Voldemort mistakes, sending probably the person you can trust the very least out of all your death leaders mm-hmm. to go check your nemesis vitals. Yeah, go check it yourself or send Bellatrix. Like, Bellatrix's loyalty is never in question. That's yeah. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a pretty dumb mistake yeah but they send narcissa and you know it's the whole, oh, i'm so glad harry went back and rescued draco from instead of getting killed because you know like kind acts redeem themselves later on or something yeah yeah i think so mm-hmm. so she lies to voldemort and says he's dead and voldemort uses the cruciatus curse on oh, wait, him wait. but it doesn't actually hurt him but it, wait sorry go back to that but couldn't harry have just lied yes he didn't yeah. actually have to but say he it. wouldn't do that because he's like noble or whatnot no he lies harry lies sometimes doesn't he uh, he lies to like professors, but I feel like it would be <laughs> very... not real people. <laughs> I feel like it would have been very out of character for him to lie to Narcissa Malfoy and say that Draco was still alive if he knew for a fact he was dead. Hmm. That's true. But I mean, it was a pretty extraordinary circumstance, so who knows? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Narcissa apparently believed him, which is to me more questionable is that she would actually believe him, but you know. Yeah. Well, it's a, I mean, that's a, that's a theme throughout the entire series, right? an act of kindness redeems you yeah. later on. No, that's true. Pays off later. That's true. Or not, like in the case of Peter Pettigrew. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they let him live, which helped them get out of the dungeons at Malfoy Manor, but then he did something nice and he was killed because of it. Well, he just thought about doing something nice. Yeah, he didn't actually do anything right? nice, yeah. That's, he, he just hesitated, He stopped right? choking him for a second. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> And then compounding his uh, mistakes, uh, Voldemort has Hagrid carry Harry Potter. Because if anyone else had been in charge of Harry Potter's body, they probably would have figured out he was alive. Mm -hmm. Hagrid probably would have figured out he was alive if he was paying attention, right? Because, like... I don't think so. (laughs) Hagrid is not quick on the uptake. Yeah, that's true. It's just like he's breathing. Like it's hard. you can't. He's breathing, right? Like he can't hold his breath for however long this is. It's true, yeah. But does Hagrid know that you stop breathing when you die? You may not know that, right? He's I, a terrible teacher. He was. In, he was in charge of like animals and stuff, though. So he, I think he'd probably be able to tell if something was dead or not. Probably. But he's too distraught or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um. And you know, once again, going back to the beginning, Hagrid was the one who first brought Hogwarts in the first place, and now he's bringing him back. 
Uh, Voldemort does the little Voldacom and lets everybody know that Harry is dead. Kneel before me. Yeah, this is this is speaking of themes. This is another another one where Voldemort kind of underestimates. I, I think I think Dumbledore says something like Voldemort doesn't understand loyalty. He doesn't understand like you know these kinds of things. So what Voldemort doesn't realize is he turned Harry into a martyr. Like he he made he he riled up Harry's army. You know mm-hmm. uh, where he could have. You know, come up with a probably probably a less uh, exciting way to to present this thing. He he instead created a situation where everyone was all of a sudden out, out to get him, yeah. and he's in the middle of them too. Mm-hmm. Not ideal. Neville challenges Voldemort. They get to the they get back to the castle, and they're in the um, oh my god, what do you call it? Courtyard. Mm-hmm. Sorry. The grounds. The court, yeah. yeah, they get back to the castle, and they're in the courtyard, and Neville challenges Voldemort. Yeah. yeah, way the, to go, Neville. The real boy of prophecy, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, he, he's the one who finishes the deal, right? He chops off uh, Nagini's head. It is a little ridiculous. Voldemort summons the sorting hat for reasons. Yeah, yeah why the sorting hat? Of all, thi- like, of all the things to gloat with, right? Well, I, I, if you're J.K. Rowling and you want to hit all the, the highlights of Hogwarts in this last chapter... Then you got to have the sorting hat in there somewhere, right? That's yeah. a big, big part of it. That's a good point. Like, if we're reversing order, then, yeah, the sorting hat would be the first thing and therefore the last thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And also, now I'll beat you to death with your cousins, the Dursleys. <laughs> <laughs> it, Voldemort sets the sorting hat on Neville's head and sets it on fire. And the centaurs attack unexpectedly, which is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess Hagrid, Hagrid um, shamed them into joining onto their side. Yeah, not just the centaurs. There's uh, the the Thestrals are there, and uh, Buckbeak is there, and the house elves led by Creature. Yeah, that uh, like that's the most scary army of all. Um, okay, I want I want I wanted to talk to you guys about this. So the house elves come out with knives, right? Yeah. Which absolutely horrifying, right? These yeah, little yeah, like yeah. murder monkeys with they knives, teleport right? Around, right? Yeah. Well, but aren't they? Isn't their actual magic a lot more dangerous than than walking around with knives? I mean, if you, like their height mm. though, like they could hamstring people. Yeah, it's true, yeah. but they could also kill them people with their finger, right? Like, I think that this is. They, I think they're having fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> they enjoy it. With knives, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could do it with their, their. They could do it with magic, but it's like they less finally, satisfying. They yeah. finally get to kill wizards. <laughs> finally, yeah, finally. Master <laughs> ordered us to kill wizards. <laughs> yeah, the door is open. You but, cannot put the ocean back in the tide. <laughs> <laughs> But meanwhile, uh, while the, all this craziness is happening, Harry pulls his cloak over himself and manages to escape, and nobody knows where he goes. The sorting hat, out of it comes Gryffindor's sword. Right. Like we remember from the Chamber of Secrets. Right. Help wait, wait, wait. comes to... I thought Griphook had it. He did. So the, the wizard stole it back. <laughs> I know. was right about these I know. <laughs> I, like, I, this absolutely occurred to me. as like... What is Griphook doing? Like, is it? Did it like literally leave his hands? Was he like holding it and just like vanished? Did the, the sorting hat come out of the sky and devour Griphook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why is there still a tiny little hand clenched to the sword? <laughs> Neville shakes it. the goblin hand off of it before he. You're going to house my belly. <laughs> 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 yeah, Grip Hook is, I'm sure wherever Grip Hook is, if Grip Hook indeed is not dead, he, Grip Hook is very distraught about uh, what's. It was a big deal. Grip Hooks can be fighting for the Death Eaters now. I know, <laughs> that right? Shit. But Neville takes Gryffindor's sword and kills Nagini. So good job, Neville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Neville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Neville delivers, you know. MVP. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Get shit done. Right. So the battle has restarted, and not only are there the reinforcements we mentioned, but also Professor Slughorn went back into Hogsmeade and summoned the parents of students and people who lived in Hogsmeade. So the tide is turning. Yeah. Ron and Neville take down Fenrir Greyback. Sorry, Jeff. I know. That's sad. Yes. Yeah. And Arthur and Percy take down Pious Thickness, which I thought was really cool, because first of all, Arthur and Percy are both on the same team again, because Percy has redeemed himself, mm-hmm. and they're fighting against the Ministry guy, which is appropriate. But he's not actually evil, right? That occurred to me. He's been imperious. Yeah. Like, they, they, like we know this, so we don't, know, we don't always know who's imperious and who isn't, but Voldemort was like, we're going to imperious this guy. Explicitly mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Hmm. So. So, well... Uh, Sounds like Arthur Weasley got himself a promotion, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, not Arthur Weasley. We know uh, that Kingsley Shacklebolt that ends up being the minister. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So Arthur Weasley's close friend. Uh huh. Yeah, yes. and Harry Potter loyalist. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny though. That as soon as the shit goes down, they immediately turn and kill Thickness. <laughs> kill the Minister of Magic. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a coup? I mean, they're not military. Well, they kind of are a military. No, they are. The Dumbledores are. Sorry, the the Order of the Phoenix. They're kind of like a secret army, right? Yeah. A faction that's... I mean, yeah, so if one were cynical, and one thought that Arthur Weasley was the mastermind behind all of this, uh, I, you know, I thought it was Dumbledore up till now, but clearly now it's Arthur Weasley, then he got everything he wanted, right? Except he lost... I mean, he lost one of the twins, but like... One of the twins? Yeah, like, two of them. Yeah, exactly. The one named Sparrow. <laughs> like, if, if you're Arthur Weasley and you're doing some, like, hard math, you're like, which, which one of my children can I sacrifice? Yeah. And, and it was like, well, Percy's back, and that's useful, and, you know, I guess Ron. We want to keep that connection to... Yeah, I was going to say, Ron, to is, Ron is connected to Harry Potter, which is right. useful, you know? So mm-hmm. I guess one of the twins would be the most expendable at that moment. Ouch. <laughs> Because, I mean, the other one's going to inherit the entire business, which is their, is the respectable friend, right? Uh-huh. To the family. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You need a, you need, it's, having a successful business is the best way For to launder money. money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the Malfoys give zero fucks. They just want to find Draco and get out. Ginny, Luna, and Hermione are dueling Bellatrix, and it looks like it's getting a little dicey. Because, you know, women got to fight women. Exactly. Uh-huh. Molly Weasley shows up and says the famous line, not my daughter, you bitch, and bye-bye, Bellatrix. Yeah, that's pretty good, you know. You don't fuck with mothers. That's right. Uh, Voldemort is understandably very pissed off that Bellatrix is dead and tries to go after Molly. Harry uses his shield charm to protect her, and he reveals himself. (gasps) Whoa! The second time in two chapters that he's made a dramatic entrance in front of everybody. I know. Like, Harry cannot resist, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's the one thing he's really good at. I have to say, this overall, this fight is actually pretty fun to read. Like, not all of the wizard fights in these, this series were as entertaining as this one to me, but this was a, a, this was a, I think it was a solid fight overall. Right, and I remembered in the previous episode, I had bitched about how they were using... The Dumbledore's army was just using a bunch of stupid, like, non-killing charms, but when the reinforcements come in, like, they are dueling to kill. I was wondering about this. Okay, so... The unforgivable curses are still unforgivable curses. So, are there other killing curses that are okay? It's a good question. Like, what do you use? Like, the unforgivable mm, yeah. curses are called that because you're never supposed well, to like, use them. Like, so. Sectum Sempra seems like a pretty lethal curse. Right? Yeah, but isn't that like if you're using that to kill? Isn't that worse than a Vada Kedavra? Because it like it like flays you. You know, like Sectum Sempra like tears your body apart and is a incredibly gruesome way to die if you die that way. Yeah, but three's a really good number. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. It would only be three. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just wonder if they're all using Avada Kedavra at this point. Is it like, okay... Why? Literally, why would you ever use anything else? I, I mean, like, this, this... If 
when we're having that discussion, this is like the, the just work discussion, right? Like, when is it okay to kill? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, J.K. Rowling doesn't touch on it much in Harry Potter. No. <laughs> it, it seems like wizards, usually when they fight, it's sort of like Nerf guns, right? They're not, they just give each other big tongues or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't, bad bogeys. Yeah, bad bogeys. They don't, they don't actually, like, fight for real. Even yeah. Dumbledore didn't kill Grindelwald, right? That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, so that's a good point. Like, what wizards typically do... Is they disable you, take your wand, because once you you don't have one, you can't do magic, so you're, you're except defenseless. When you can. Yeah, except when you can, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, usually, mostly you can't do magic when you don't have a wand, and then they throw you in uh, torture jail, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's what they like. No, we don't kill people. We incarcerate them in this place where you your happiness and soul are sucked away for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we get civilization. <laughs> we get some good good uh, exposition. I guess it is from Harry. Is it exposition? Uh, he's I like, so. this yeah. is everything that happened. I, like, it's funny, like when he's doing this, I feel like he like breaks out like one of those like cork boards and like he's got like thumbtacks and like yarn. He's like, okay, yeah, stick with me here. <laughs> so here's the here's the wand, and then and then Malfoy, and then I got Malfoy. It's just like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I mean, if you time this out, I think this conversation between Harry and Voldemort takes like 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Either way, like I think at one point. Uh, Voldemort just like kills himself in confusion. He's just like, I can't handle this. <laughs> and they got him. Yeah, Voldemort's like, he's like trying, he's like really trying to fall. He's like, he's got his like hand on his. No, 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 because like you've got that one, but that's not the real one. I mean, that's the elder one, but I'm the real master of the elder one. So if you attack me, I'm the master of the elder one, and you're not the master of the elder one, then I'll get the ma- elder one, then I'll be the master of the elder one, and you'll have the elder one. And, it's up, and Voldemort's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can see the gears turning and it's just not working. He's like, fuck this. <laughs> And then he kills himself. He's not real bright. No, I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure Harry did a great job explaining it either, but, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It all worked out in the end. And eventually Harry's like, do you know if your, your pinky and your thumb are far enough, uh, farther apart than the, your cheekbones, it means you have cancer or something? <laughs> Voldemort holds up his hand and smacks him in the face. <laughs> Got him. Right. So Harry tells Voldemort, Snape was a spy, didn't win the Elder Wand, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Draco was the master of the Elder Wand because he took the wand from Dumbledore the night Snape killed him. That's right. But then yeah. Harry overpowered Draco and took the wand, so now he is the master. I didn't think the Elder Wand was so literal. Yeah. And I also thought the Elder Wand would have to be present for the that's a, for the possession to change. So that's actually a really interesting point, Jeff. Because it was there. It wasn't. Not when Harry took Draco's wand. Remember, he, but he didn't take the Elder Wand. He just took Draco's wand. No, because not the Elder Wand. So because remember that was in Dumbledore's grave at that point. The wand he took from Draco was the Hawthorne wand. Oh, the one he took when they were when they were skedaddling out of Malfoy Manor. Right. Was not the other wand. Yeah. So this is Harry's argument: is that that time I beat Draco, that made me the master, even though the wand wasn't even there. Yeah. Huh. And Voldemort was just like, "That's stupid," and they shoots him. But it turns out Harry was right. <laughs> uh-huh. Or Voldemort messed up in some other <laughs> <Right>. way. <laughs> he was just so confused that he accidentally like shot his own foot or something. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it, I want to talk about this when we get to the end here, because um, yes, I uh, I was I was annoyed both that there was so much wand lore involved <laughs> in this conversation, and also I was annoyed that Voldem- that this was all about Dumbledore. It's still all about Dumbledore. Uh-huh. Oh my God, Dumbledore's yeah. been dead for like a year, and everybody's still talking about him constantly. And Voldemort's all- obsessed with him. So is Harry. You know, like, yeah. Can we do? I mean, it would be nice if this book ended with Harry like transcending Dumbledore yeah but I mean come on Harry's not that kind of if anyone's gonna transcend Dumbledore it'd be Hermione or something you know it's true not Harry 
Yes. And this irritates me. Voldemort does Avada Kedavra, and Harry does fucking Expelliarmus. <laughs> you know. And manages to kill Voldemort, because God forbid Harry should ever actually kill someone. Uh, I mean, except all the times he actually did kill somebody. But it's supposed to, like, rip your yeah. soul apart or something. I don't know. He definitely yeah. killed Quirrell. Yeah, he totally killed Quirrell, but we don't talk about that. Yeah, no. that doesn't count. That was by accident. Maybe right. that baby in his brain was, like, the, the, the part of his soul that ripped off when he killed Quirrell. <laughs> 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 like, we can't help him anymore. <laughs> That's the murdering part of Harry Potter. But anyway, Voldemort is dead. Yeah. He's just yeah. a body. Yeah, he, like, it... it there's, there's spells bounced off each other because Harry's expelliarmusing him. Yeah. And it and because he's stronger than Voldemort, who is using the Elder Wand, and he's the actual el- master of the Elder Wand, and he's got Malfoy's wand, which I guess is probably a pretty nice wand. Yeah. Uh, but that makes him stronger, and so that means his jinx won. Right. It, they back, it backfires. Like Voldemort's backfired, I think. I thought I thought it like rebounded off of Harry's spell because like because it's a special effect. Uh, it might be, yeah. And hit hit him, and then. It, his wand flew up in the air and Harry caught it. My, my interpretation was that... With his left hand, which is not the hand he uses for catching snitches, so I thought that that was like a bad justification for <laughs> how good he was at catching the wand, but that's the total aside. <laughs> that's a good point. He hasn't been training to catch snitches with his left hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah my, my understanding was that it was the Elder Wand, because Harry was the master, wouldn't kill Harry. Oh, okay. But, I mean... F- so even if Harry hadn't done a spell, then the Elder Wand would have been like... Would have just exploded. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. I, th- I think the Expelliarmus is why the wand ended up in Harry's hand. But I don't know if it also is the re- Wait, does that mean Harry did kill him if he bounced his own spell back at him? I thought he did. Yeah. Yeah. Because Harry was like, he was like, here's my, you know, he's got the, the, like the cork board like we were talking about with the yarn and the pins. Like, here's why it's actually going to kill you if you <laughs> use the, the wand on me. And, and he was right. Yeah. Uh, wait, so does that mean, is the Elder Wand a Horcrux now? A Harry Potter Horcrux? Probably. Last time Voldemort blew up, he turned. He just randomly turned this thing nearby into a Horcrux. Yeah, I think that they, I think they said that Dumbledore. I think Dumbledore said that that was because Voldemort's soul was so unstable at that point because he had torn it apart so many times. Okay. So maybe Harry hasn't killed enough people yet to do that. <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, either way, yeah. But he also uh, said that because, like, the magic of Harry's blood has gone out to protect all the people there. Yeah, right. I think that was bullshit. I think I think that was actually Harry bluffing because he said that Harry, Harry said I died to protect these people, so the pr- same protection that my mom did for me is now for all these people. But we know for a fact that what was actually happening is Harry was invisible and in casting protection charms. Oh right, okay. shield charms. Sorry. Well, there, no, but there was still there. He was referring to there were points when Voldemort was like putting a silencing charm on everybody, but they were still able to break it. That was because the Elder Wand wasn't Voldemort's, in Voldemort's control. And remember, Harry was using that wand that he didn't actually own before, and it was, like, real hard to use it. Yeah. I think that, that I think that's what that was. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah, Voldemort's dead, and, oh, Kingsley is the new interim minister. Yeah. So they, that's nice. They installed him fast. Yeah, I was going to say, why Kingsley, huh? I, I mean... It's like they had him in place already. Yeah. Ready yeah. to go. Surely there are other... No, no. Kingsley, huh? Okay, cool. Yeah. He goes up to Dumbledore's office and tells Dumbledore's portrait that he's not going to go looking for the resurrection stone, which I think is a good idea. Yeah. I think that's... I mean... I... I, mm, what, I mean, 
Sure, people have wasted their lives in this fruitless quest, but he knows exactly where it is. Right? I just, I just think no. I think it's more like the resurrection stone doesn't actually do anything useful for you. Like it's, it's like, it's if you think of it more metaphorically, it's like saying goodbye to the past and moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. So the resurrection stone it allows you to talk to these people who are dead who can't really do anything for you. They can't touch anything. They can't. Nobody else can see them. So I mean, like it's kind of like a wasting your time, right? I guess so. I mean, it'd be useful to just learn things about the world and talk to cool people. That's true. Like, you use a resurrection stone to, like, Yeah, you, know, you talk go to, solve like, crimes. Who murdered you? Oh, yeah. That'd be a... What? Man, why, the spinoff series, right? Harry Potter solving crimes? <laughs> yeah. Because we know that they're not interested in doing things like that. You're right. <laughs> true, true. They're yeah. not interested in helping people. Yeah, yeah that's not the goes to tell Dumbledore Once again, that, that... muggle cancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. That's a good point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, you, you, the, the story of the Resurrection Stone is, like, in, in, in the little fable that they tell, like, the, the person who got that wasted his life talking to the, these ghosts and eventually killed himself, so... That's maybe not the one you want to hold on to. The, mm-hmm. she, the 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 invisibility cloak, though, totally okay. That's a hallow that's fine. Right, yeah. No consequences. No yeah. poor consequences at all. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, just sweet as fuck being able to be invisible <laughs> yeah. all the time. Pure awesome. Yeah. He uses the Elder Wand to repair his own and then says he's putting the Elder Wand back where it came from. So I guess he's going to go take up Dumbledore. Yes, that is yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> put it back in there. That is exactly my interpretation. <laughs> With the idea that if he, Harry, dies of natural causes, then it will no longer have any allegiance to anybody. And so, so it won't be powerful anymore. So that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Because that's wrong. We know that's wrong, right? Because the Elder One doesn't have to be there for allegiance to be passed. Yeah. So that only works if nobody in the rest of Harry's life ever... Challenges him. Challenges him or defeats him. Or even, like, jokingly casts a spell at him, right? Like, if, mm-hmm. if, uh, if Neville's like, hey, hey, or Ron's like, hey, hey. Expelliarmus. Yeah. Nobody takes his wand or anything. Then like Ron that. becomes the master of the Elder One based on the 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 way this is working, right? <laughs> yes, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I don't know. I'm just. Am I missing something here? Because no. okay, yeah. It just well, feels like Harry knows it's not this way. The, the plot doesn't need these things to be around anymore, so now they're not. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's probably the deal. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't see why he doesn't just destroy it if he feels that way about it. Because we know that even when wands are. Dumbledore specifically says that even when wands are really, really good, they can still just be physically broken. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So he could have just snapped it over his knee. He could have, but he didn't. No, I think that Harry's keeping that there as a yeah. contingency. I think he mm-hmm. just like told Dumbledore's portrait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put it back in your grave. Or maybe, maybe he is. Like at least he knows where it is if he, if he puts it there, right? True. Yeah. Sorry, sir. I'm going to go dig up your body again. <laughs> the third time. <laughs> I feel a little bad for Harry, right? Like, he's peaking at 17, right? Like, this is like the high point of his life. How do you top this? Uh, maybe a long life being extremely wealthy and famous. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, the, like if you consider like life being like per, sur- surpassing yourself, becoming better, it just feels like there's nowhere, nowhere to go up from here. It's all downhill, right? Yeah, true. Like here, he's the her- the hero who just defeated Voldemort, and sure he'll be that forever. But like, how long is that going to hold on for him? Yeah, there'll be a new generation who doesn't remember Voldemort. They won't give a crap about Harry Potter. Yeah, they're going to be like so into their I don't know wizard cell phones or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their their wizard. What is it? What are they into now? Uh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, their wizard TikTok. Thank <laughs> you, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I killed Wizard Hitler. Nobody gives a fuck. Grandpa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Epilogue, 19 years later. 
Harry and Jeannie are married and have three kids, which and is nice. Harry got to name all three of them, huh? He did. He sure did. Like, one of them's Lily, one of them is James after his parents, and then the third one, not after one of Jenny's parents. Yeah, not Fred. No. not That's right, not Fred. <laughs> it's uh, Albus Severus, two people that Harry kind of admired. Yeah. Oh, Jenny, did he even ask Jenny? I don't know. See, I like it. And I thought a lot about this, and because people make a lot of fun of it, because just on the surface of it, Albus Severus is a terrible name. It's a very to give bad someone. name. Yes, yes. Like Severus is, itself is a terrible name, but the thing is, I really liked it because I was thinking that it kind of, it almost kind of made things right at the end. That because James and Severus hated each other so much, and um, Lily, there was so much like friction there and everything. I think it would have made all of them actually. It made it right that. The, the three children had these names to honor these people. Right. It made sense in my it head. I sense. thought it was no. a good idea. I, I think if, like, during that moment when Lily was back alive again, one of the several moments when that's happened, if Harry had said, how would you feel if I named my son Severus? She would not have been into it. <laughs> I, I, she did not like Severus Snape, right? Not by the end, no. That's true. But, but I mean, like, it's not about her. It's about Harry. Yeah, he did not like Severus Snape. It's a weird no. thing. Yeah, I, I I think it's meant to show that that in the end he, even if he didn't like Severus, he had some sort of respect for him as a as a whatever he was. Mm-hmm. A way to honor him. That guy really wanted to port my mom. Yep, <laughs> so bad that he decided that he brought down the the, yeah. the evil lord of evil. <laughs> really glad he wanted to port my mom, I guess. <laughs> But they're at they're at platform nine and three quarters, and Albus is about to go to Hogwarts for the first time, and he's worried he'll be in Slytherin, and we never find out what happens. So let's move on. Yeah. Ron and Hermione are married with two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Draco and his son, whose name is Scorpius, and we never hear about him ever again. <laughs> Wait, so, what do you think about the name Scorpius? That's awesome Dude, I love it I feel like it's is it too late to rename my kids right to four four would years you, old would right? you go Scorpius or would you go like Scorpio Scorpia actually I would. well obviously yeah, yeah but I mean like Scorpius is kind of like a weird like, does it mean something in Latin it's yeah it's scorpion okay. it's literally yeah. well, no no literally I didn't okay I didn't know if there was something else no 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 it's it's literally scorpion it's just scorpion yeah yeah it's a I think it's and Draco's it's dragon it's just an old word okay very old word yeah mm-hmm yeah, uh, yeah, Draco's dragon. So, yeah, that's cool too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, say what you will about the Malfoys, but they can name their kids. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Ron and Hermione's kids are Rose and Hugo. Hugo. They're the only ones who get normal names. Was the joke? Yeah. Well, yeah. None of them are Fred either. <laughs> just point it out they call him forgotten Fred <laughs> in Pottermore later we do find out that George marries Angelina Johnson and they do have a child named Fred okay that's good oh, oh that, I wanted to ask uh, Alice as our uh, resident Harry Potter lore expert mm-hmm. uh, who is the one that's um, that that Ted is snogging Victoire, I'm assuming because it's a French name and because the age works out, that's Bill and Fleur's daughter. Oh. And they say it's their cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're totally right. That makes sense. So that makes Tonks and Lupin's son is alive and well and apparently comes around to dinner about four times a week at Harry's house anyway. He's being a good godfather. Who, I like that. Yeah, I like that. But who's bracing him? Uh, Tonks' mom. His okay. grandma. 
Okay, okay, okay. Because mm-hmm. they said he's, they didn't say he's living with us. They said he's coming around four times. So I was like, is he at an orphanage? <laughs> <laughs> he's living in an orphanage and you just let him come over for dinner every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You know, I owe a lot to your father, kid, but let's keep his dignified distance here. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they even talk about it. They're like, oh, he may as well come live with us. Just kidding. No, he can't come live with us. Because <laughs> James is like, yeah, let's let's. Luckily, thanks to researching Tom Riddle's past, I know a good orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Oh. Man. Okay. So, so. Okay. So do you think Harry Potter gave any of those kids the invisibility cloak? Which was a core element. No, to because school. we never find out if that happens or not ever. <laughs> yeah, this is where the story ends, so we never find <laughs> this out. This is where the story ends. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on, he's just gonna give that to a kid. Kid is gonna lose it. You know, get peanut butter on it or something. No way. Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter holds on to that invisibility cloak. <laughs> this is probably true. He probably still uses it all the time. Yeah. Just when he's bored, he just like wants to go for a walk because you know he's still kind of a celebrity. It's implied here that at least right now people still know who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he needs that invisibility cloak. I'm surprised he's not wearing it during this scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like, what was it? Was it um, Eminem? He he didn't go to his daughter's graduation because he didn't want it to be about him. He wanted it to be the day it'd be about her. Yeah, he could have exactly. just Eminem could have just worn an invisibility cloak. <laughs> that's that's what Harry Potter probably should have done. Probably. If, if Eminem, well, no, yeah, it's Harry Potter. He he wants the attention. Right, that's true. Yeah. He's a glory hound. And the last fun thing we learn is that Neville is the professor of herbology. Oh, yeah. Way to go, Neville. We don't know who the um, the headmaster is, though, right? Probably McGonagall. She was old. Yeah, I was going to say, that's 19 old. years later. You think she's, she's still around? Like a million years, right? Yeah, you know what? Actually, that's a good point. So McGonagall was probably in her 80s, so she's probably still alive. Yeah, and, and Dumbledore was like... 110. He was yeah. doing fine, except for the cursed hand. He would have been still going. Yeah. Yeah. God, can you imagine though when McGonagall won the next round of fucking like Potters yeah, and like Weasleys there's three show of up? Them. <laughs> oh, oh god, they're no. Potter, the Potters have mated with the Weasleys. Oh, <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> oh, and and that's right. And they mentioned that that like one of the kids has like Hermione's brains. It's like oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hermione, but she doesn't follow the rules. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Hogwarts is not prepared. No. And that's it. Yeah, so uh, I guess we could do like a like a post like a wrap a wrap discussion. Like now that we finished the series, Jeff, I know that you now, as a proud owner of a Harry Potter T-shirt, have become a huge fan. Like I don't actually have a Harry Potter T-shirt. No, me either. Yeah. Wait, what did you do? Don't you? No. Of the three of us, you're the only one who has a Harry Potter T-shirt. God, man, I revisit my decisions that I made <laughs> in my life. It was a gift. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so. Now that you finished the series, I, I, I understand, Jeff, that maybe you're uh, still not necessarily a big fan. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Um, it's not something I would have read on my own. Yeah. It's not something I would have kept reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought, I mean, I've said throughout this whole podcast episode, I've said many times, I think the, the plotting is weak. The characterization varies from place to place. Uh, I think this last book was kind of the worst Really? Of what J.K. Rowling can do, because she, she has good ideas, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff is interesting. Like, there's one idea, earlier in this, they, like, Imperius, that one dude at the at Gringotts Bank, had told him to go hide, and then when they were running away, he was, like, wiggling into a crack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's funny, right? That's, yeah. that's a funny little one-off thing that she does. But in this, the whole final confrontation hinged on this 
obscure elements of wand lore that we <laughs> just learned in that scene. You know, that, yeah. we, that you know, even we were talking about, we don't even really know if this is true. It's a, it's a little bit of a deus ex machina kind of situation, right? Like where, where yeah. this, this doesn't feel like it was necessarily written into the entire series. Yeah, all the, all the stuff felt like this is just sort of what she wanted to happen. And so the, the plot events leading up to it had to happen because this is where she wanted it to go. And it did not feel natural. Um, I don't think I don't think the characters were well evidenced here. Like one of the things she's good at is making likable characters, like uh, Hermione and uh, even Harry sometimes and Luna, and they all just were sideshows to this to the action, and there wasn't a lot of action. Yeah. Anyway, that's just was complaining about the ending, which I thought was weak. But overall, you know, I I just don't think it was very well written. Yeah. I I, uh, I on the on the reread, I think uh, while I still obviously had issues with it, I, I enjoyed rereading it overall. Um, and the last book for me, with the exception of kind of the way it wraps up, was st- still had a lot of moments where I was like, oh, this, this still has a nostalgic appeal for me. Um, I, now, now, on this reread, though, I, I mentioned these, like, info dump chapters. It really feels like she just had some notes and she was like, I got to wrap this book up. And she just, like, kind of threw them all into a couple chapters. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that was not actually how she did it. I'm sure it was somehow planned that way. But it, it felt a little jammed in at the end. I feel like... I feel like it would have been cool if those chapters were interspersed throughout at least the last three books, you know, like somehow, like yeah. hints or clues or something like that. I, I, I think you should just cut all that stuff because it doesn't matter how wands work. In fact, magic is more interesting the less you know about how it works, right? There's sort of a, in fantasy nerddom, there's like the, the spectrum between hard magic systems and soft magic systems. And the soft magic systems are usually more compelling because you don't, they, you, you aren't, drawn in to ask all these questions about them right like I feel where this should have gone is first of all in this book Harry needed to get past Dumbledore right Dumbledore is sort of controlling him and being his role model then Dumbledore dies okay fine great now Harry has to come into his own and become a character that does not happen he just does does what Dumbledore planned for him to do and I think that I think that the door was open for that to happen when Harry began to kind of like doubt Dumbledore and doubt himself yeah right like they should have come to a point where like Dumbledore was just wrong about something or like it should have made, made clear that Dumbledore wasn't expecting to die. Like, that was the dumbest thing. Because it meant that this was still all part of Dumbledore's plan, right? It could have been this point where, oh, even Dumbledore couldn't, couldn't solve this problem because of the limitations of Dumbledore. He was too secretive. He didn't trust anybody. But then Harry Potter doesn't have those traits. Harry Potter has got a big heart, and Harry Potter is very brave, and so he's able to succeed where Dumbledore failed. And then you could just have the want, the, his fight with Voldemort. It didn't have to hinge on Harry Potter out of character, figuring out this obscure bits of magic trivia, it could just be Harry Potter being psychotically brave where everybody's afraid of Voldemort and, oh, you beat me because, you know, we realized we could have beat him before. We were just scared. But Harry Potter led us and showed us the way, you know. That, that would be, like, based on Harry Potter's character. Yeah. I think that, I think that, I think that there's a... That's an interesting case. Like, I, I, could, I could see this book with... Probably minor editorial changes being more like or, that. You know? Or even better, like Harry Potter and his whole team of people that all work together with all their various strengths. Then they team up and, and then Voldemort like tries to get his Death Eaters to team up against them, but they don't support him because he's such a bad boss. And like, oh no, I lose because of the love of the power of friendship makes me lose. Well, and, and that, you know, that would have been, a, I think, a solid ending. And that would have fit with the, the, what the books were setting up for like five books. Well, and, and what's interesting is I think that there are elements of that in there. Like that, the, the, yeah. that stuff is in there for sure. Like the whole thing with Narcissa, like that was like a, that was like a, a touchstone that like totally is emblematic yeah. of that. Voldemort yeah, yeah. could not believe that she would lie to him because 
he he rules her through fear, but like love won, right? Like yeah. that, that's like an example. And, and even stuff like where Ron and Hermione sort of went off on their own, had a little adventure, and got the basilisk fangs. Like they they did this thing on their own, which normally Harry would have done, but Ron basically did it. Like Ron was taking charge. Like he grew as a character. But yeah. it, it was just a side thing, really. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting point. Anyway, um, it's all. Second guessing, you know, I didn't write the books in the first place. Why, so. Yeah, well, so that's really the problem, Jeff, is you should have written them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, why didn't you write Harry Potter, Jeff? You'd be a billionaire <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alice, I know that this is like a series that's very, like, t- very important to you. Tell us, like, on this reread, how do you feel about it? I like, this is not your first reread, it probably won't be your last. No, not at all. I will still always enjoy the books and I'll have a lot of affection for them and there are certain things about them that are always going to get to me. There are some really beautifully written parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting reading it as a parent now versus when I started reading them as a teenager. But they don't stand up well to scrutiny <laughs> at all and actually doing this podcast has made me enjoy them less and no. appreciate them less and I think well, part of our it our work here is done yeah. well, <laughs> I, I do feel bad about that because I, I know that like I know putting a critical lens on something you love is, is like a can be a it can, it, can, it, can, it can ruin it for you and I, I, I would I'd, I'd hate to think that we ruined the series for you no it didn't ruin the series but it, it, it made it less enjoyable but I think part of it too is also while we have been doing this series J.K. Rowling just came out with some really like we've talked about before some really bigoted nasty shit about trans people yeah. and that that took away some of my enjoyment too yeah funny how that works you know because the words didn't change at all right no of the books yeah. there, I think you even have the same copies you had right mm-hmm. But now you just can't see them the same way. No. Yeah. Just the, the hypocrisy there and creating the series that's all about like love and inclusion and everything. And then saying just the stupidest. Yeah. yeah. Some, yeah. some really hateful stuff for sure. So yeah. is, is that, I mean, how much of the stuff that me and Micah have said when we have made fun of the books has decreased your enjoyment of them? I mean, that's what it has. Like, you guys have pointed out. Like, there's things that are funny. Like, I love the idea of the mouth, the, excuse me, the, the Weasley crime syndicate. Like, that makes me giggle to myself while I'm reading them now. That's yeah. fine. But you have, you, y'all have pointed out a lot of the weaknesses, and we've discussed it. And I've enjoyed discussing it. It's yeah. been really fun. Um, and it's fine, you know. It's fine that this thing that I love that was so meaningful to me that I even did my baby shower after and thought I was going to get a tattoo is now... Garbage. <laughs> no, it's not though. No, it's like, not. Like, it really isn't. It's fine. Like I, I, I uh, for me, like I'm glad you mentioned the the way that she writes characters because for me, I think that was one of the things that really like even now on this reread, like like Luna Luna's character to me is still just like every like almost every scene with her, I'm just like, oh man, I love this character. Yeah. You know, like like they're they're yeah. like McGonagall. Like when when she's like at her at her best, like standing up to people is like, oh man, she's fucking awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're... It's kind of, yeah, she's good at vignettes, right? The, the bit where McGonagall runs by with the, the herd of desks that she's charmed, <laughs> and she's like, charge! Mm-hmm. To attack the intruders. That's great, you know, but it's just one paragraph, you know? And when you expand it in, she's, she's not so great at filling in a whole chapter of stuff like that. Yeah. Agreed. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe, maybe uh, you can see her strength and, strengths and her weaknesses. Uh, you know, like, it feels like her biggest weakness well on top of the like bigotry thing and like the whole like slavery thing you know on, on top of that like <laughs> as an author will say like is maybe like the, the structural problems like under like it feels like she didn't have a, a plan from book one to book seven and like it feels like like a little bit like maybe that that structural problem is like what what yeah. made this harder to fo- follow sometimes. yeah well, I, yeah I would 
I think that's a that's a valid criticism. It's a problem I have with this book, but I I give her a little bit of a pass for that because basically no one does that right. Yeah. Like Robert Jordan does not do that right. George R. R. Martin does not do that right. It's really hard. Like the there, I can think of one person who has done that right, uh, and their name is J. R. R. Tolkien, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he wrote like the 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 Silmarillion, or whatever. right? Yeah, <laughs> like, like stuff that and, nobody and wants the, to and read. The whole, right? The story was just like this side project because he really wanted to play with these silly languages that he made up. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the plotting is really weak, but the world is still wonderful, yeah. and I, I I very much appreciate that that she did create this wonderful world that we can immerse ourselves in. Yeah, I, I should say that's really strong. Like the the Hogwarts, the Wizarding World, the way it sort of interacts with the real world. Is really great. It's I can totally see how that appeals to young people, mm-hmm. uh, even though I, I have no young thoughts or in my heart at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you ever? I didn't. No, I, I've been dusty and gray since I, the day I was born. <laughs> and as a as a teacher, I really really appreciate that these books motivated a lot of children to read. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. Mm-hmm. I think that the the overall message that she sometimes misses on, but that you can basically find a family. Uh, if you don't have a family, you can find one, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you look hard enough and you find people that you that you get get along with, you can build a life, mm-hmm. even if you are outside the structure, right? Because Harry Potter is not in the Wizarding World; he doesn't have a family. He's this total outsider, mm-hmm. um, but he he stays true to himself and he tries to be a good person and he's able to you know he's still able to be fulfilled and, yeah. and happy. And I think that you know it's true for everybody to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah, it really did a lot for kids for encouraging reading and their imagination. It even gives the, the counter example of Tom Riddle, who's a guy who's in a similar situation but uh, played it wrong. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's actually a theme that I wish we had seen more of. That I actually kind of liked is like the the duality of like Tom Riddle and Harry Potter and the things that they had in common and things that were different. Where I, where I thought this was going actually at the end of this, where they're like, "There's still some Tom Riddle soul in you." I thought they're gonna be like, and Harry was be like, "Well, that's why." You seek danger, right? That's why you're always looking for evil magic or something. You're always getting in trouble. That's the thing in Harry Potter that's the big problem. That's why he's not normal. You know, yeah. it's because he has this, this crazy evil soul in him. That's just a part of him, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's a little too dark for a children's book. But I, I think, I mean, that's, that's an interesting... Well, yeah, I just thought there would be like a scene where like that's been removed and, you know, he... Uh, kills that baby in his mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, they probably shouldn't have made it a baby. <laughs> yeah, and then Harry Potter, like, you know, somebody looks into his eyes like, you're different, you know, you, don't, you used to scare me a little bit. Like, Luna should say that, right? But now you don't scare me anymore. Yeah. I, I would like to say that there is a theory. So remember how the Locket Horcrux made them all irritable pieces of shit? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Harry was a Horcrux who lived with the Dursleys for 11 years, or 10 oh, years. Man. It's a fun fan theory that they <laughs> actually weren't terrible. They just evil, had a fucking Horcrux You had this evil house. radiation that's just turning them into terrible people. Yeah, oh, man, I like that. I like that a lot. Like that, oh, That's solid. It that totally works. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I like. People complain about it and make jokes like J.K. Rowling, like, stop creating more content about this world. But I actually like that because it is a very vivid world to me, and I enjoy, I've enjoyed every time she's come out with more writings about the world. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, she's not, we're not keeping her from writing the next great opus. Like, it's not going to happen, you know? So, like, if she wants to keep writing about this world and adding to it, I'm all down for that. Uh, Oh, yeah? What about, how about the, um, the, the play that she wrote about there was I, a play. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea, no clue. I, yeah, I kind of wish that they would Disneyize it, and you know when they took Star Wars away from George Lucas and they just started making more Star Wars all of mm-hmm. a sudden. And some of it was crap, but some of it was pretty good. You know, they could do yeah. that with Harry Potter. You know? They kind of did, right? Isn't that what Fantastic Beasts was? 
Oh, I never watched that. Nah. They could do better. Yeah, um, they could. I agree. She still writes some some Rita Skeeter stuff too sometimes, which is oh, fun. Oh, that's good. I like mm-hmm. Rita Skeeter. Yeah, the Pottermore site has a lot of really great writings in it, actually. But yeah, I think I would watch spinoff movies or spinoff stories that were not necessarily written by J.K. Rowling, but were written into this world. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I would love to learn more about what Neville ended up doing or, you know, what's Flitwick up to? Some of what, our favorites. What's Luna doing? Yes, Luna ends up marrying Newt Scamander's grandson. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cute. Yes. Fantastic Beasts. It's a, oh, Jeff, oh. Jeff is giving us a blank look. Oh, right. Yeah, Newt Scamander is one of the... He wrote Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. He was being into magical creatures. And his grandson married Luna. Oh, okay. And Neville married Hannah Abbott, who was in Hufflepuff. And she owns uh, one of the inns in Hogsmeade. Or, no, one of the bars. Yeah. Okay, so where do you rate this book among the other books? Uh, I, I have trouble with that because for for me, this book has a lot of good things in and some things that are like not so great. So it's like there are qualities about that I really appreciate, but I don't know if I could rank it. I, I in general, I think my feeling is that the books improve as they progress. Um, I think the I think that. This is one of those situations where this is the first series that J.K. Rowling ever wrote, and the first book is the first book she ever wrote, and you can kind of see that as her, as the series progresses. To me, it feels like her writing matures a little bit. Um, so my general feeling is that the books get better as they go, but like I said, I, there are parts of this that feel a little thrown together, slapped together at the end. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I place it pretty high up there. I I enjoy the books as they get darker and as the world becomes more complex. What about you, Jeff? Um, yeah, I think this was the worst one. Yeah. It had the least of what I liked and the most of what I didn't like. Which most one? of everything because it was so long. Which one do you think was your favorite book if you had to like remember? First uh, one, right? Because that was when you find out about the world in the first yeah, place. Yeah, the first one. Because the first one had the novelty. The first one was also nice and short. Mm-hmm. So even though there was you know, some stuff I didn't like, it just it was over fast. It was light. Mm-hmm. It was silly. Like, this book wasn't silly. I like the silly stuff. I, it's all these magic battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. They just felt like late Jedi shooting each other with blasters, even though I know Jedi don't do that. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> wow, Jeff. So send your correction emails to Jeff at jeff at mwapodcast.com. But, I mean, they could have been doing like Dumbledore did, making the statues come to life, like... You know, where in that final big battle, where were all those desks? They should have been like desk eating people, like in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead they were just blasting each other with red and green lasers, which right. I thought was uncreative. Like the, the cool true. thing about wizard battles, in my opinion, is how creative they can be. Yeah, that's a good point. And and there are there are a couple of those in the series, just not very many. Yeah, right. There are some good ones. Yeah. Well, that's it. We have officially finished reading the Harry Potter series. We are going to watch the not one but two Deathly Hallows movies after this and talk about them. And in the spirit of uh, the Harry Potter series, we're going to split them into two episodes as well. Yes. Yes. I believe they're called Deathly Hallow and Deathly Hallower. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So we'll be watching both of those separately and recording about those separately. And then we will be returning to our other podcast, which is The Dragon Reread, which covers the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. Check it out if you haven't. And we're going to be on book 10, right? Yeah. yeah. Crossroads of Twilight. Crossroads of Twilight, yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, and then after we've read Crossroads of Twilight, we'll be back with another new exciting series from the Armadillo Podcasting Club. We're still talking about what that might be, and if you have any suggestions, feel free to drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. 
I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anyone you think will like this. Please give this good reviews. Please check out our Patreon patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club please like us in real life we're just so likable until next time finite Finite podcast. podcast